You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. The hero isn't always the main character of a story, and it really does parallel what I think this this section of the Bible is trying to tell us, and that is that, hey, we are the main character, and our angst and our pain and our struggle between the world and a, and a God who sometimes seems far away, even though he's very near, um, and he's the hero. He, he did the sacrifice. He did the perfect life. But that still doesn't mean at the end of the day, the story is, it's my story that, you know, he's hes writing and I'm getting to participate in. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. We're continuing our Incorruptible Love series. We're on week three, going over Ephesians chapter two, and I'm joined by two special guests. First, we have lead pastor Jose Abaroa with us. Jose, I'm Taylor. Thanks for being here. And we're joined by Dr. Sean Stover, the Sunday speaker. Sean, thanks for being here. Hello, Taylor. Great to be here. Oh, great to have you. I think well, we need to introduce him as Dr. Sean Stover more often. Every, I don't think we do that time. enough. I don't think you did that on Sunday morning. You worked so. hard for that. I, I don't just think that so. out there. I mean, we've got already have uh, what was a tremendous prayer pastor. Yeah. Amazing, <laughs> amazing prayer pastor. It's their new official apostolic. Title. Really, the issue is when you don't say amazing. Yeah. That's when you're like, ooh. Uh, she's like, what? Did Taylor I do didn't wrong? say amazing. <laughs> yeah. I had a prayer request that didn't come through the way I wanted. (laughs) Oh, boy. Anyways, Sean, I'd love to give you the first word as you gave a great message, an amazing message (laughs) on Sunday uh, going through this passage, these 10 verses, and yet uh, some simple but really profound truths that you unpack. So I'd love to just kind of hear your thoughts as you prepared for the message uh, this week. Absolutely. I I love Jose. He is very strategic in how he... um, makes assignments for uh, weeks for people to be able to teach. And and I was very grateful that he gave me the week that he did. Uh, interesting backstory. I actually tried to push back and say, hey, I'd really like to teach uh, next week. And uh, he's, and he knows how to get me. He said, well, basically, it's going to be on, you know, church history and some deep doctrine and some significant. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I started glazing over. I did not use any of those words. <laughs> I don't know what he said, but it was big words, and it sounded like it was way over my head. So I was like, all right, I'll take the one you wanted me to do, and uh, which actually was a blessing because I enjoyed uh, reading through those first 10 verses of Ephesians 2 are, are powerful because they do give the significant, um, man, historical impact of where we've been as, as a, as a mm-hmm. people in general, personally, in, in my life and each individual's, and then what Christ did for us. And then that last section of just being able to think about how we respond to that and how yeah. we use the the gifts inside us to to bring honor and glory to Him. Um, so it, it was challenging for me all week and exciting to prepare for it and, and fun to get to share it. Well, yeah, I thought you did a great job. And let's jump into those three kind of phases. We have kind of before Christ or kind of BC, as you as you said, and then we've got kind of the, the work of Christ where we talk about, look at that uh, in a few verses, and then kind of our post-Christ life as far as like what we look like living with Christ. And so starting with that first one there, uh, just before Christ, there's a lot, you know, this this passage uh, identifies kind of three areas, the world, the enemy, and the flesh, as far as three influences that kind of shape us, all of us. It, I like how it, it doesn't say some, but it's like all of us have that. Um, just for us in the room right now, maybe for a believer who's listening where 
they're they do know maybe they get reminded every now and then uh, of their past and yet they'd love uh, at least like me to skip to the part about oh let me talk about what jesus did or what about jesus yeah. is doing now but what is so significant i'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on just significant about even going there because uh even our world today as much as we you know want to have authentic and genuine lives so much as you know we want to sweep under the rug or just hide or, or distract from from our past so what's so significant even as a believer to just really kind of acknowledge um just even our flesh and what we've done. Yeah, I think there's a few different things. Number one is that the the past does continue to significantly influence us. And I had a, I probably said this before, but a history teacher in high school said, those who don't learn from the past are destined to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Famous quote. Uh, I didn't know it at the time. I just thought the teacher meant I was going to have to take history again <laughs> if I didn't study. But the reality is uh, there are patterns in our life of behavior and of protecting ourselves that we learn early on, you know, BC, before Christ. And, and uh, those patterns, even after we come to know Christ, still mm-hmm. can stick with us, ways of coping with what's going on in our world and ways of protecting ourselves. And if we don't understand our past, then we're kind of just destined to keep going back to those same places over and over again. So there's a significant value in not looking back with pride or haughtiness or braggadociousness about, man, you should have seen how cool my life was back. But it's more like, man, what what was going on back there? What was the trauma and the hurts and the pain that I experienced? And how did I deal with those? Because the more you learn from that, um, man, the more you're going to understand why you kind of tend to go back and do mm-hmm. things maybe you're not proud of even now after Christ mm-hmm. is in your life. Um, and then the second thing is the Bible's pretty clear uh, that that God doesn't waste any of that. You know, even before we knew him, he knew us and he was with us. Mm-hmm. And he knows about that life experience. And he wants to use that for his good and his glory later on. And that's why you see, you know, the people that were most heavily into a, a addiction being the ones that are most helpful, uh, you know, once they know Christ and get past that and helping other people that are in addiction or those that have you know, lost a loved one, being really good at grief counseling and grief support later on, or even folks who have had a divorce and, and suffered through that, you know, then they, they know the Lord and they, they kind of want to minister to people who are going through similar things. Mm-hmm. So that's the other, the second significant reason why I think it's important to to think about that a little bit. Yeah. That's, so, that's so right on, Sean, for so many reasons that, that you just mentioned makes me realize how beautiful the body of Christ is because all of our stories are different. And it is a temptation at times for us to compare our BC stories. You know, well, uh, that person, you know, we've all heard those testimonies that are very dramatic. Um, you see a person really go from um, a, a really difficult situation and then they meet Christ and, and, and you look at the transformation, you say, wow. But the bottom line is that we all have a BC story. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, when I look back, I think about the way I think. What were my thought patterns? What what um, stressed me? What made me feel anxiety? And those things no longer do because my identity now is in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's important to remember the past and also hold it in balance, not let it define you because our identity is now in who we are in Jesus and, and, and we do have hope and all those things. But if we forget, then we do lose this opportunity to use that stuff that was a crutch, but now through Jesus mm-hmm. can be used to help others uh, and, and move others along. I think of Second uh, Corinthians 1 that says that we are comforted by God so that we can comfort others. Mm-hmm. And there's no better way for us to do that than to share our stories, especially when someone's going through something that we, we are familiar with. 
Yeah, and I think a part to relate to all this, Sean, that you just mentioned, kind of as a reminder, I think, at least uh, to me, just the idea of living for these things, as far as whether it's your flesh, whether for the enemy or for the world, is is ultimately just not a story worth telling. This, the kind of key focus of the yeah. week was on the story. And so uh, I think if you look at these three, the world, the enemy, the flesh, they sound, you know, like intense. But really, I, I feel like in my life, at least, the, the temptations or the messages of this are much more subtle. They're much more appealing. And so we talk about it in this context, like, yeah, who would want to... Who would want to give any of that a time of day? And yet it's like you mentioned even now, just being able to find yourselves maybe getting pulled in that way. So how do both of you just remind yourselves um, that that God isn't holding out on you, that, that his way truly is best and the story that he's writing for you really is best when you have these kind of three, I mean, it really encompasses everything in my opinion, this is just surrounding us on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, those three influences are so significant and so powerful that it's, it's really a constant need inside us to to pray and to ask, you know, mm-hmm. where where are they? Because they're there. They don't go away mm-hmm. just because we come to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, the enemy is going to up his game, if anything, mm-hmm. to come after us. And mm-hmm. the world keeps intensifying its efforts to pull us away from Christianity or belief in something outside of ourselves. And and our flesh is our flesh, and it's it's part of uh, who we are while we're here on earth. It's an imperfect vessel that we live in. And so I think the main key for me is just to realize, look, this isn't a one and done. Uh, you know, I don't ever have to think about these things again. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, I'm married, so I have a wife that reminds me that one of those three things are influencing <laughs> me off track from time to time. Or I, I, I check what I'm feeling. You know, and consistently, and I sometimes I feel lonely, or I feel anxious, or I feel scared, or uh, I feel something that I know is not from the Lord, and I have to ask myself, where is this coming from? It's it's a message the enemy's trying to tell me that I'm not doing enough, or I need to be, or it's it's me looking at the world and comparing myself to somebody else, or it's just me wanting something that's just selfish and not in line with what God wants for me. So. I really think that a healthy understanding of our emotions and our emotional world and our mental state and and a willingness to check in on that from time to time will will be like a gauge on our car that tells us, hey, something's out of whack. Mm -hmm. And then once you see, okay, those so my emotions and my mental state have told me something's out of whack, then I just do the prayer and the, okay, well, Lord, what is it? Which of those three influences am I allowing to really intervene in my just companionship and and Mm -hmm. fellowship with you? Yeah, doing that, I'm maybe leading into the next question, but what convicted me the most was that uh, when, when you said, Sean, that we are not the heroes of our story. God is the hero of our story. And so if we keep that in check, then that helps us recognize we're going to be okay because the hero won. He overcame the enemy. We know the end of the story. So that that gives us victory. And it also gives us hope that he will bring us through whatever we're dealing with temptation-wise, uh, chaos in our life, uh, be it our sin or somebody else's sin, um, these factors continue to play uh, into our life when, when we walk with Jesus. But the point is not for us to look good. The point is for us to glorify glorify Him. So that's a huge thing that helps me remember um, that, you know, time hard times can be um, pacified when I think about Jesus and His love for me and His ultimate purpose. 
Yeah, that's a perfect segue to this next part here, the but God, starting in verse four. And uh, yeah, I agree, Jose. I think for me, the biggest thing that stood out to me was that concept of we can be the main character, like we are the main character of our stories, but we are not the hero of our story. And Sean, something that uh, I was even talking about this with my community group last night, just how we all thought that was so simple, but profound concept. And I loved how you shared just kind of vulnerably. You were like, even as a Christian now, it's easy to not always make Jesus the hero of your story. So I'd love to kind of zoom in there real quick and just think what that looks like, because it is easy to either, in my, in my opinion, approach the Bible as a self-help guide to make me a better person or a better friend or all these things. And so again, they're they're good as far as I'm trying to be better. And yet still that hero, it's, it's about me and my hero. So, so what is the biggest difference there? And how do you keep God the hero, just even in practical ways versus trying to make it about you? Yeah, let me start with a true confession. So this is the the, the backstory to that revelation as I was studying this week. Uh, one of my boys, my 21-year-old, was was watching television as I walked through, and uh, Batman was on, okay? And uh, I, I haven't watched these, and I, I don't watch a lot of these superhero movies, but um, I kind of paused for a second, and then I, I kind of got drawn in and started watching and because uh, this was a foreign, I mean, this wasn't new. To, this was a new concept. Like, I just assumed the hero was who every story was written about, right? Well, I'm watching this Batman movie, and it turns out there was a really interesting character. And he was like the detective or something. Um, people that know this movie would understand this better. But Do you remember which Batman it was? Because that's important for <laughs> oh, context. Oh, <golly>, man, <laughs> there's more than one Batman, oh, too. there's many. Oh, wow. <laughs> More on the way. All right. Who, who, who was? Who it's was? With a raspy voice. He had a raspy oh, voice. Yeah, that's, that not, that's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Continue on with your story. <laughs> All right. So the story may have no impact whatsoever. <laughs> but anyway, the detective, uh, it was interesting. Like there was a time where he actually smashes the bat signal uh, uh-huh. because Batman, evidently they were worried he was a vigilante and wasn't helpful anymore. And then the, the story really became about this detective and his development, the development of his character and his his the angst that he had between knowing that Batman was who they needed uh, to, to rescue them, but also feeling the world and the people around him saying, no, no, he's evil and the pressure of that. Yeah. And I watched the struggle. And honestly, silly as it sounds, that's what made me hmm. think, you know what, not the, the hero isn't always the main character of a story because to me, this detective was way more interesting watching mm-hmm. the struggle, and it really does parallel mm-hmm. what I think this, this section of the Bible is trying to tell us, and that is that, hey, we are the main character, and our angst and our pain and our struggle between the world and a, and a God who sometimes seems far away, even though he's very near, um, you know, and and he's still the hero. It was clear the movie was called Batman, so Batman was the hero, and he did end up coming in and saving the day at the end of the movie. And it's the same way with the Lord. Um, and he, he's the hero. He he did the sacrifice. He did the perfect life, and uh, he gave us grace and love, and and truth, so that we could live you know more fulfilling lives here on earth. But that still doesn't mean at the end of the day, the story is it's my story that you know yeah. he's he's writing and I'm getting to participate in. And so that was an interesting thought for me. And I've heard lots of people, Taylor, Jose, thanks for saying that. But that 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 part about that stand, stood out maybe more than anything. And that's certainly what stood mm-hmm. out for me the most as well. 
just the realization that there are plenty of times where I elevate myself to hero and I like, well, you know what would make me look more heroic is if I prayed about this and God bless that, you know, yeah. in my life. Or man, if I really want to show up for this couple that's in crisis, so I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be the hero of their situation and uh, I'll use what I learned from the Bible mm-hmm. and I'll pray with them while we're in there, you know, and God's going to just kind of help me be the hero of this thing. And it's really subtle. But I think it's another ploy of the enemy, you know, totally. to try to help us to think that this is about us and we're independent. And uh, the reality is we're completely dependent on a God who saved us and continues to intervene in our lives. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was watching and thinking, man, if you really have to think about this, how often do I make things about me? I mean, no one sees it. The ex- the, the external stuff is all in line, um, but really internally, motivationally, am I trying to gain attention or am I trying to truly glorify God through this and say, you know, that's why Jesus gives us such incredible habits to practice. Like, hey, when you pray, close the door, make sure no one sees you. When you give, make sure your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing. Uh, That's to help usher this maturity in us um, to become more like Jesus and to glorify him and not make things about us because that's what our flesh wants. Yeah. Flesh wants all the attention. Our flesh was, you know, I think of Bob Moss when he says, you know, we we, we always want to be the protagonist, mm-hmm. you know, and the other person is the antagonist. And, and there's this drama that's continually played out on, 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 in, in our human experience, but God entered the picture and he did away with that. And he is the hero. And the mystery is that he still wants to use us and uh, wants to move through, uh, wants to move for and through through us to um, inspire and love other people. Yeah. Yeah, on a real practical level, just yes. to say, I, I know that since I've been challenging myself with this thought of God being the hero of my story, I realized that I need to do a better job when people approach me on little things like they'll say, "Hey, you and Christina, we like what you're doing with your family or your marriage. You know what? What? What is it?" Mm-hmm. And I tend to go straight into things that that God's taught us to do. You know, I'm like, "Well, you know what we do is we have a family time together, and you know, we really affirm each other a lot, and we do." And then, you know, I, I, the practical thing for me is to realize, no, the first thing I need to say is. We'd be nowhere without the Lord. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't. Well, I don't know if we'd be. To, we probably wouldn't be together. Um, if we would, it'd be terrible. You know, our kids. I don't know where they would be if we weren't praying and interceding on their behalf. And just practically, I need to lead with the Lord in all of these answers. And and that doesn't mean that there's not practical things that people want to hear because they do. They want to. Okay, so the Lord is intervening. What has He taught you? Well, these are the specific things that He's taught us as the hero of our story. But I've got to get better at that. Yeah. That's that's so good. And that follows up right really with this third point here, just talking about kind of what it looks like. And I love this verse uh, 10, just talking about how we are workmanship, Christ's workmanship created for good works and that he is prepared in advance for us. And uh, so I'd love to kind of hit this this verse and this, this last part here in two angles. One, from the side of someone that just feels like there's no way God could use them. Like they, they, they are really aware of what their life was before Christ or even just currently. And they think there's there's no way that God, you know, for, for maybe people out there or the ones on stage, that that's those are the ones that God can use, but there's no way He can use me. How would you encourage someone in that? As far as just they would feel like maybe they don't feel like God has used them, or there's just there's really just no way that that He would. I would encourage you to share your story as raw and as unfiltered. Find some safe people that know you, and then say, "Hey, I want to share what God's done in my life," and I think you'll be surprised 
as to how many people will say, wow, you too, <laughs> I've thought the same things or I've done similar, or I know so-and-so that's been through that. I think that's, that's our ego that keeps us from just sharing what God has done for us. When God truly moves in us, that, that's supposed to go through us towards others. It's not just supposed to be for us. He, he does love us and he died on the cross and he paid the price for our sins for every person that's ever lived. And then he says, go, go, share, share your story. Um, I think about the woman at the well in John 4 when she meets Jesus and then she goes away and um, she doesn't say, uh, she doesn't only say, look what, this man has done, but then she says, go go and see, go and see for yourself. And so we all who have encountered Jesus, we have an opportunity to say, hey, this is what he's done for me. Now you go, you go check check Jesus out because he came to save and redeem you from, from all this stuff. So it could be scary to share your story, especially some of the other stuff I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, this was many years ago, um, sharing with someone who uh, came to Jesus while on drugs and he was really ashamed of that. And um, then, you know, he came to me and, and shared that with me. And then he shared that with a few others. And he found a few other people that had a similar experience that had also come to know Jesus while on drugs. You know, that's not a very churchy thing to talk about, but that's a, a true testimony of the Lord, period. And now he's living different. So it's not like he's still living in the same way. So when we share our story, that has power. Sean, you talked about that verse that, um, you know, we defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb. So that's the work of Jesus and um, through the word of our testimony. So it has a lot of power when we share um, our story. Mm, that's good. You're around uh, a lot of younger, you know, 20-somethings and that kind of thing, Taylor. Like, what what do you think? How do you see people using their gifts as Christ's worksmanship? Or how do you see them battling that I don't have anything worth sharing yeah. thought in their lives? Yeah, I think, uh, at least in my own life, and I see this in, in friends around me too, it's really just about the identity piece. And it's about a simple truth that I keep trying to wrap my head around is that uh, who I am is who I am in Christ, not in what I do for Christ. And so I think that that goes both ways. On, on my end, I may think, that I'm, I'm focused on doing to earn God's love. And for some, they may think I, I just lost God's love because of the things that I've done. So I think just that, that concept of even just the stillness and the confidence and just peace that comes in knowing who I am in Christ and a child of him and that he loves me no matter what I've done. I think it's regardless of where on that spectrum uh, one person would land, I think that that's kind of at least in a world that's constantly trying to, to um, convey identity messages or this is who you should be or this is who you are. And uh, and so I think that's really, in my opinion, that's the biggest thing I have to keep going back to is just as far as who, who am I and uh, who does God say I am? Because again, the world or just my actions or so many things that uh, I'd easily kind of start to, to define who I am. So I think that's kind of the, maybe a little high level, but that's kind of, I think at the end of the day, kind of a big root in a lot of people's hearts or at least in my heart when it comes to that. I think that is super cool. If I was uh, the lead pastor of this church, I would be amazingly encouraged by the number of 20-somethings that we have mm. that really are trying to define their lives and understanding they need to define their lives around who they are in Christ and their identity being uh, in and through Him. My, my daughter is 25 next week, I think, and uh, she actually said the same exact thing to me at the end of mm -hmm. the service. She said that you know, that was that was a great reminder about how hard I'm working to make sure my identity is in Christ, Dad. Mm -hmm. And so, real, real similar. I don't know if it's just people named Taylor, which we have a 
We got a whole bunch of them. We need to send out a poll to verify that. Or if it's the age is the age people of that age group. I'm not sure. There's a lots of ways. Hey, this I got, I, I got one thing to add though because you said something about a lead pastor being encouraged. So I want to say yes, I am encouraged. And also the mystery is that it's it's all glory to God. And we just talked about this, you know, but this is really true. It really is awesome to see what God is doing through all of us. It's not by some intelligent design by us or plan. It's just fun to see what God is up to. So anyway, I just want to yeah. plug that quickly and say, yeah. I am encouraged. Good word. Good word. And last thing about encouraging other people yeah. to, to use their workmanship. Um, man, if there's a spectrum and you're, you're either an amazing listener on one end of the spectrum or you're an incredibly verbal, encouraging person on the other end, we all fall somewhere on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, in our world today, the simplest way, I think, to intervene with people is to find where you are on that spectrum and just walk in that. Mm -hmm. So if you're a great listener, just ask people how they're doing and genuinely listen. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're a verbal encourager, man, then just whatever God puts on your heart to say to somebody uh, that's a word of encouragement, be bold in saying that. And it's just that in that simple little way, because God is an incredible listener and God is an amazing encourager, and we're reflecting His image when we do those simple little things. And so just in our day-to-day, if we got better at that, we'd start to just gradually change the culture. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Jose, we are, this is chapter two. We're just getting started mm-hmm. with the sixth chapter book of Ephesians. Love to hear your thoughts as far as even just how this ties into the broader message that Paul writes. Yeah, Sean did a great job going further in depth in the word uh, incorruptible, which is, I think, forming as we are moving through the series. We're learning, I, I sure am, how to grow this incorruptible love for God. So no matter what I'm, I've done or, or what cir- circumstances come my way, um, I'm standing firm in my identity and who Jesus is. So thank you, Sean. Thank you, Taylor. It's been great. Looking forward to what's next. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.